Zapnin, thanks for joining me. As always, it is much appreciated on this Monday. The hopes of going outside and reimagining the Patriot way might be dead. Crafts, Jonathan and Robert seem content on keeping most of everything in-house, but let's start here. Let's start with the general manager search or the front office search. Phil Perry over the weekend on Twitter slash X. Here's what I'm told about the Patriots front office situation. They are not expected to bring in a new general manager. It's anticipated by team sources that both Matt Groh and Elliot Wolf will remain with the Patriots and have prominent roles in personnel. Jeff Howe on the GM search. It's a fluid situation with the Patriots front office. Matt Groh and Elliot Wolf will continue to run the operation for now. The Patriots will likely interview additional candidates for leadership positions, but there's no guarantee at the moment anyone will get the GM title. Mike Reese on the GM search wrote, in 30 years of ownership, Robert Kraft and Jonathan Kraft have never hired a general manager. Bobby Greer and Scott Pioli held the title of vice president of player personnel, while Nick Casario and Matt Groh assumed the director of player personnel title. That history suggests that any hire is unlikely to be a GM who is given authority to run the entire football operation. Instead, the Crafts will be looking for someone to oversee personnel and work in concert with new head coach Gerard Mayo. We have another report on the Patriots front office situation. Mass Live, Chris Mason, Karen Gregian, and Mark Daniels wrote, in the 24 hours leading up to his hiring as the new head coach, Mayo spoke with people in the team's front office, and the expectation, according to a source, was that at least some people are returning. After Mayo was hired on Friday, it's unknown how the current front office structure and the roles of each individual would change. At the very least, the new Patriots coach will keep some experienced members of the personnel department in place. So it looks like right now, Elliot Wolf, Matt Groh will stay, at least through this draft. Gerard Mayo will have some say in what's going to happen. We'll get into Mayo's power a little bit more in a little bit. But we look at it and we say status quo. Status quo on this January 15th, that's what we're looking at with this Patriot front office. And look, there's no titles, okay? And the thing with no titles, I'll start here. When you don't have titles, I have concern. Because when you don't have titles, you don't have transparency. You don't have transparency, you don't have responsibility, and you don't have accountability. Remember when Robert Kraft was speaking with the media last week and he said that there were no Dr. No's in the front office, there were no Dr. No's around Bill Belichick? So when you don't have a title, who leads? Who leads this front office? Is it going to be Wolf in the lead? Is it going to be Grow? Is it going to be Mayo? Is it going to be Jonathan Kraft? More on that in a minute. So when you look at this structure, not giving somebody a title and telling everyone who's actually running the ship, it muddies the waters. And we had some of that late in Belichick's tenure here in New England, right? Where Belichick would kind of point fingers at other people. He'd be vague in press conferences as far as who had the final call on this or that. So when you don't have titles in the front office and you don't tell us who is actually going to be responsible for one of, if not the biggest off-seasons in Patriots history, I do have a bit of an issue with that. I want to know who we ask about free agency. I want to know who we ask about the draft. I want a person on the top to be available 
answering these questions and taking accountability for every decision that is made. I want to know why you signed a wide receiver for X amount of dollars. I want to know why you drafted somebody third overall. That's what I want. I want that transparency. All right, let's jump into some of these reactions already. Scott Lakin, he comments, if the reports about Jonathan are true as far as him stepping into a bigger role, don't you feel we need to start hearing more from him than Robert at upcoming press conferences? Scott, we'll get into the Jonathan Kraft part of this equation in just a minute because that is my biggest concern. My biggest concern about everything I've read over the past three or four days is Jonathan Kraft and what exactly is his role going to be. But according to reports, Scott, Jonathan will be at the press conference on Wednesday to introduce Gerard Mayo. So it does seem like there's going to be a slow transition from Robert to Jonathan, and Jonathan is going to talk a lot more beginning on Wednesday when they bring Mayo in. Vitalik says, no hour and 20-minute show today, I take it, LOL. Uh, We're going to try not to go an hour and a half, an hour and 20. Gonzo Duke says, Jonathan is going to ruin this team. So we'll get into Jonathan Kraft in a minute. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. Look, last week was our best week. First month doing this podcast months ago, we had 8,000 views during that entire month. Last week, we had 7,000 views, and it's because of all of you giving us the thumbs up, commenting. The subscriptions are jumping. We're getting closer to 1,500 subscriptions, which is the goal for the end of this month, and it's all because of you. I appreciate you. Keep pounding that thumbs up button, the comments, the subscriptions. And if you're listening on Spotify and Apple Pods, don't forget to rate and review. All right, so let's get into the biggest concern I have, and that's Jonathan Kraft. Is Jonathan Kraft going to run football operations? Now, my original plan before all this GM stuff came out over the weekend was today was going to be combing through that Seth Wickersham article. But obviously, things change. We talk GM today. We talk front office today. Hopefully, get to Wickersham tomorrow. But there was an excerpt in that Wickersham Wright Thompson article at ESPN that really, really concerned me. Here's that excerpt. Jonathan Kraft and the senior vice president of business affairs for the Kraft Group, Robin Glazer, and no, I don't have any idea who that is, would chat with staff off to the side asking why the head coach had made certain decisions. The subtext of the conversations was that life in Gillette Stadium might be different soon. Belichick, who since the last Super Bowl win had slowly lost the core of his brain trust, had a mostly loyal staff who felt pinched between their boss and ownership. And now here's the most concerning part. Here's the chunk. Word leaked around the office that if Belichick were gone in 2024, football operations would be split between Glazer and Jonathan Kraft. Again, word leaked around the office that if Belichick were gone in 24, which he is, Football operations would be split between Robin Glazer and Jonathan Kraft. Patriots coaches and executives thought that the Kraft's meddling has got everyone spun around, quote-unquote, a source on the personnel side said. That's my concern. Is Jonathan Kraft running this ship? Is Jonathan Kraft the guy that's calling the shots? Is Jonathan Kraft going to be Stephen Jones in Dallas? Are we seeing ownership take ownership of personnel? Is this going to be an opportunity for Jonathan Kraft and Robert Kraft to take all the credit moving forward because they don't feel like they had as much credit with Brady and Belichick in town? I don't know the answer to that. 
I know some people are concerned. Greg Bedard has written about his concern about maybe Jonathan Kraft playing a big role moving forward. Burt Breer last night on Sports Sunday with Felger, he didn't sound too concerned about that and did not believe that Jonathan Kraft would get as involved as Stephen Jones gets involved in Dallas. But it has to be a question. There has to be concern. And on Wednesday, when Gerard Mayo is introduced as the brand-new head coach of the New England Patriots, somebody in the media, I'm sure of it, will ask the Crafts because both of them will be there. Somebody in the media will ask them about the front office structure and how much power will this ownership group have over personnel. Is Jonathan Kraft the new Bill Belichick? Is he walking around the draft room, the war room, giving instructions and saying yes or no to certain picks? We need to know that information. This offseason is huge. Tens of millions of dollars going to be spent in free agency. You have a top three pick for the first time since 1993 when you drafted Drew Bledsoe number one overall. This is a pivotal, crucial, vital offseason for this franchise. You can't screw this up. You can't swing and miss. With the resources you have and the things that you need, especially on the offensive side, you have to hit some home runs this offseason. You've got to hit a home run with your draft pick in the first round. You've got to hit at least a double or a triple in the third round, and I'd like a home run in the second round as well. You can't screw this up. You can't go out there and sign the wrong guys. We can't have another Nelson Aguilar. We can't have another Juju Smith-Schuster. So in this critical offseason, with all of these resources, who is actually calling the shot? I want to know. We all deserve to know. We spend our hard-earned money on this football team. We spend time watching and talking and reading and listening about the Patriots. We deserve to know who is going to have the power this offseason. A collaboration sounds great, but ultimately somebody has to make the call. I don't think this is Survivor when we're going around voting people off the island. I don't think that's how it's going to go. I don't think that's how it should go. And I don't want Jonathan Kraft running football operations. I hate when ownership meddles within the football program. The only qualification for Jonathan Kraft is that he's Robert's son, and that's not good for me. That's good, not good enough for me or you. Get him out. Delegate to the football people. Let the football people make the football decisions. If Jonathan Kraft is in there making the final call, I absolutely hate that with the heat of a thousand burning suns. I want your thoughts on this. Don't forget to give us a thumbs up, your comments. Also, subscribe, get notified. And if you want to jump to the front of the line, don't forget you can send a super chat. Super chats, I go right to you. A little bit of a donation to the program. Super chats, you jump the line. Bear Beats, BSG, yikes. <laughs> yikes. Gregory Brown, this franchise has become a clown show. People not happy. Tyler Florio, I was all for replacing Belichick if it meant the front office would be revamped. If we don't have front office changes, then what was the point? Status quo is an organizational failure. X Factor says, everybody relax. Let's not overreact. Let's see what Wolf, Grow, what that combination does this draft. Any GM that misses on a top three pick is gone anyway. 
This, to me, clearly is an indictment of Bill Belichick's approach. The crafts are telling us that Bill Belichick was the problem. He was the problem. And they're telling us that because they're keeping the status quo in the front office. Jeff Howe over the weekend wrote about Belichick's approach to the draft. And here's what he wrote. Once a master of the draft, Belichick's record had deteriorated over the past decade. By the time Mac Jones had arrived and well before it, the Patriots were bereft of talent in key areas. Belichick leaned too heavily on former director of player personnel Nick Casario and often bypassed advice from his scouting department. The recurring theme had become a major point of contention among Patriots scouts who felt their input was largely ignored when it was time to set the draft board or make their selections. So Jeff Howe says that Bill Belichick would not listen to his scouting department. He would not listen to the people who were supposed to be supporting him in the front office to make the right selections in the draft and pick the right groceries during free agency. Now, it got more collaborative over the last two to three years. But again, I take you back to what Robert Kraft said at the press conference last week. He pointed to Bill. Bill made the calls. Bill handled the draft. Bill handled the free agency. It is on Bill. And it's clear to me, and it should be clear to all of us, that this is an indictment on Belichick and how he handled the front office and the personnel decisions that were made. The Crafts are sitting back and they're saying, we believe in the people in that front office. And we think that Bill Belichick overstepped at times late in the process and did what he wanted to do instead of what was best for the football team. He didn't listen to his scouts. He didn't listen to Matt Groh or Elliot Wolf. He didn't listen to guys like Dave Ziegler. He listened to himself, and that's how he ran things, and we don't agree with that, and we think now that Belichick is removed that these guys are the right guys for the here and now. This is an indictment on Bill Belichick, and let's not forget, the Crafts were in the room. The Crafts have been in the war room. The Crafts, I'm sure, have had conversations with scouts and other people in that front office. And their judgment, clearly, their judgment is that Belichick screwed the pooch. Not Macro, not Elliot Wolf, not anybody else, Steve Cargile, none of those guys in that front office. It was Belichick who screwed things up. And if we remove Belichick, we remove the problem. And to me, all of this is for now versus the ultimate plan. You know, it's not abnormal to have your front office remain intact through the draft. It happens. This is not something that's crazy throughout the NFL. A lot of the work has been done. A lot of the free agency work has been done. A lot of the draft work has been done. The scouts have been working on this stuff for the past year. So teams look at this and they say, well, our scouting staff and our front office, they've been working morning, noon, and night on this free agency class and this draft class. And their contracts, most of them, run through the draft. So instead of upsetting everything and throwing a bunch of new voices in there for this draft and free agency, the crafts are standing by the people that have been in that room, that have done the work over the last year, and they're trusting them to do things right. Again, this is not abnormal. The Buffalo Bills did this in 2017. Bob Sosi posted, it's unorthodox, but it's not unprecedented. 
The Bills in 2017, Sean McDermott was hired in January. Doug Whaley remained in place as the GM through that draft. Brandon Bean was then hired to replace Whaley in May of 2017. So this is not something that's never been done before. And Evan Lazar jumped in on that post from Bob Sosi and reminded people that in 2017, as Whaley was on his way out, that draft brought Trey White, Deion Dawkins, and Matt Milano to the Bills. So it was actually a good draft. So this is not a first-time occurrence. Now, if, if this is the ultimate plan, you ask, did Bill Belichick make all of the mistakes? Because if this is how you're going to roll for the next, you know, X amount of years, you're making that point. You're making that point that Bill Belichick made all of the mistakes. The guys in the front office that remain, they didn't make any mistakes. Those guys had nothing to do with 4-13. and 13. They had nothing to do with the draft in 2022, which looks like an epic disaster. They, they had nothing to do, absolutely nothing to do with free agency in picking Juju over Jacoby Myers. That's what you're saying. That the others are blameless for how this has gone off the tracks. They're blameless in the draft. They're blameless in free agency. And they're blameless for this offense being one of the worst offenses in football in back-to-back years. Aaron jumps in the most important draft in 30 years, and you're not going to overhaul the front office. You're going to just keep the guys you have and do what? What a joke. Cisco 300. Happy Monday, fellas. Happy Monday, Cisco. Griffin Kelly. Glass half full. These guys are brighter than we think and have a plan. They have to pick someone with title and final say. I agree. We have to know who's going to run this ship. Even if it's just for this free agency and draft, I want to know who's calling the shots. We deserve that. Everybody deserves that to know. And if you're going to have these like shady, mysterious titles, give me a break. Miguel says this organization has been running like mom and pop. Bakery only familiar faces been getting jobs. Don't forget to give us that thumbs up. All the likes mean an awful lot to us. If you want to jump the line in the comments, you can send a super chat and donate to the program and subscriptions. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of January. Those numbers are jumping because all of you, I appreciate you. I would not keep Matt Groh. When all is said and done, when you're done with the draft, I would not keep Matt Groh. He's a Bill Belichick loyalist. Everybody that has reported on this team says he sees things just like Bill sees them. He has not pushed back on Bill over the last few years. He was a through-and-through through Belichick loyalist. He doesn't have any experience working with free agency. Elliot Wolf takes care of free agency. Matt Groh doesn't get involved with negotiations. I would get rid of Matt Groh. I don't have interest in having Matt Groh around this team. I'd move on. Wherever Belichick goes, hopefully Matt gets a job down there. He's Al Groh's son. He was brought up by Belichick. He is Belichickian through and through from what people have reported. I haven't met the guy personally, but what has been reported by people in the know who have talked to sources, we're talking about somebody who is a Belichick loyalist who runs things like Belichick and would not push back on Belichick. I'm all set with Matt Groh. Now, if you want to talk to me about Elliot Wolf, I'll have that conversation. Elliot Wolf has a great reputation. He is seen as a legit guy, and he's not a Bill Belichick guy. He didn't come up with Belichick. He didn't learn Belichick's way. He worked for Green Bay under his father, Ron Wolf. 
He then went to Cleveland because he didn't want to stick around and just hang there in, in Green Bay. He went to Cleveland and worked with John Dorsey. So he worked with two organizations before getting to New England. He is known to have a sharp eye for talent. He is somebody who would push back on the old school thought process from time to time and, and who was the guy that should be at the top of the board. Elliot Wolf, I'd have a conversation. I would not be upset if Elliot Wolf was given the keys to run this front office. I wouldn't be upset with that because he's a legit guy. You know, when you look at it, he's director of scouting. Mike Reese wrote that he's viewed by some in the organization as well, positioned to be the choice for more responsibility and to possibly lead personnel. Andrew Callahan on Friday night, Boston Sports Tonight on NBC Sports Boston said that, yes, that, you know, Wolf is an old school evaluator. He's tape over everything. He's not particularly aligned with analytics. He's respected. He has handled free agency negotiations on his own. Even though Gro has outranked him, he handled free agency negotiations. Again, the negotiations. He's got a bigger network, Callahan said. He's a little more natural in those settings. So I'm okay with I'm okay with Wolf. I would not have a problem with Elliot Wolf being involved. I wouldn't be I wouldn't have a problem with Elliot Wolf being the guy. But if this is the ultimate plan, if this is the ultimate plan from Kraft, I do have an issue with not talking to other people outside of the building. Very similar way of how I felt about Gerard Mayo. It it's not me telling you that Gerard Mayo is going to fail. It's not me telling you that the Patriots should not have landed on Gerard Mayo. I would have leaned towards Mike Vrabel, dependent on how much say want, Vrabel wanted, because there have been reports over the last few days that Vrabel wanted a heavy hand in personnel. If that's the case, I, I would be a little bit more hesitant to bring Vrabel in. But I'm not telling you that Mayo was the wrong guy. I am telling you it was the wrong process. I'm a big believer in having conversations with people outside of the building. You don't know who's going to come in. You don't know if they're going to knock your shorts off. You don't know what new thoughts and innovation they have in their minds. You don't know their vision. Learn about other programs. It's been a quarter of a century. You've had the same head coach, the same system, the same everything. Not going outside of that system and an echo chamber to try to talk to other people, I think is a mistake. I think it was a mistake for the Mayo process and I think it's a mistake for the general manager process if that's how it's going we've heard that the Patriots are not big in analytics we've heard that their staff is small talk to people outside of your organization and see how they run front office ops what analytics do they bring in what numbers are they looking at you don't have to dive into their system completely but get new thought and so I do think that the process here for the head coach and the front office so far it's lacked. I want the crafts to get involved and have these conversations. Again, if this is the ultimate plan, don't forget to give us a thumbs up. It takes a second of your time. means the world to us. Watching on Facebook, give us a like. If you're watching on X slash Twitter, give us a like. And if you're watching, of course, on YouTube Live, give us that thumbs up. Nolan comes in and says, it's risky having Mayo calling the shots when he needs to learn just how to be a good head coach. They could eventually be good in this scenario, but it's too much too soon in my opinion. We'll get into Mayo and his role in a minute. Justin, going to be an interesting offseason either way. You're damn right it is. Very interesting. Fergie, 
99. You would think a franchise like the Patriots would have a better plan after letting go of the greatest coach in history. This seems like a cost-cutting exercise by the Crafts to not pay a real GM. All right. Here's how I feel about the right now versus the ultimate plan. I am not sold. I am not sold that the Patriots, the Crafts, are going to bring everybody back once this draft is done. And I actually think that this makes sense. What? Are you going crazy, Nick? You're an idiot, Nick, you moron. Let me explain. Give me a couple minutes here. A complete overhaul of the front office has not happened. When you hire Gerard Mayo as your head coach, you need somebody in the front office to run personnel that is aligned with Gerard Mayo. Simpatico. I've been saying that from the very beginning. Whether you hire the head coach or the GM first, you need the GM, head of personnel, whatever the title is going to be, you need that person to be aligned with Gerard Mayo. They need to be a team. They need to work together. Because if you have a GM with one vision and a head coach with another vision, it is going to be a disaster. So going out and getting somebody who has no link, no previous experience with Gerard Mayo, no relationship with Gerard Mayo is a mistake. Once you selected Mayo as the guy to take over for Bill Belichick, you then have to find somebody who Mayo can work with, that he can trust, he has a relationship with, and again, the vision is aligned. You don't want Gerard Mayo walking into the draft saying, we need a guy like Jaden Daniels to be quarterback, and the GM saying, no, you know what, we're going to we're gonna wait until round two or three because I think Bo Nix or, or J.J. McCarthy is the kind of quarterback we need. That's going to be a mess. So you need these guys aligned in the front office. So overhauling everything wasn't going to work because Gerard has only been in New England. He played in New England. He's coached in New England. He has lived in New England since 2008 when he was drafted here. So the front office was going to have a lot of holdovers because your head coach is a holdover. He knows those people. So that's the first thing. Secondly, the Crafts have not been talking to people outside the building, but Mayo has. And this gives me a little bit of hope. Jeff Howe wrote that Mayo has been reaching out to candidates for a couple of days. He's been busy since taking over. Mass Live, Chris Mason, Karen Gregian, Mark Daniels, they wrote, Mayo has spoken to external candidates in opposing front office offices, so it hasn't been entirely in-house up to this point. And Mike Reese wrote, interviews with external candidates are still in play. But with the current staff remaining in place, at least through the draft, the Crafts seem to be taking the view that there is no need to rush. People might say, no need to rush. You've got to rush. Hold on a minute. Let's think this through. You might be losing your mind. You might be saying, no rush. We were we were 4-13. and 13. Chop, chop. <laughs> Let's get it moving. This actually could make sense. I know you might be thinking I'm crazy. I'm reaching out to you. Reaching out to you on this Monday. This actually might make some sense. Stay with me. How many teams are looking for a new front office, personnel, leadership, executive role? How many teams? You've got the Patriots. You've got Carolina. You've got the Chargers. You've got the Raiders. You've got the Falcons. So five teams. Five teams are looking 
for somebody new to run the program in the front office. Now think about the people who are going to get hired most likely this offseason. If Bill Belichick and Jim Harbaugh, Harbaugh's in L.A., by the way, speaking to the Chargers today, if Belichick and Harbaugh land gigs, it is very likely that they're going to bring in one of their guys. It's very likely that Harbaugh and Belichick are going to have the ultimate say. So now you're down to three teams looking for a new front office lead position. What if Mike Vrabel gets hired? Mike Vrabel has his guy, Ryan Cowden, who's with the New York Giants. So now you're down to two teams looking for a new GM or president of football operations. And one of those two teams is the Patriots. What I'm telling you is supply and demand. The Patriots most likely don't feel urgency because of supply and demand. Easily put, a lot of the guys that we've talked about, the Mike Borgonzis, the Ed Dodds, the Ray Agnews, a lot of those guys are not going to get jobs anywhere else than where they're at right now because of supply and demand. So the Crafts are looking at this, and Gerard Mayo's looking at this, and they're saying to themselves, Belichick's going to get hired somewhere. He's going to have full control. Harbaugh's going to get hired somewhere. He's going to have full control. Mike Vrabel's going to get hired somewhere. He's going to have a lot of personnel say he's going to bring his guy Ryan Cowden in. So if you're the Patriots, you're really only battling the Raiders here in Carolina. Look, Carolina, they've interviewed Champ Kelly, and they've interviewed Alec Hallaby, and you have the David Tepper questions. The Raiders sound like they're likely going to hang on to Champ Kelly as their GM, and it sounds like Antonio Pierce is going to stay there as the head coach. So the Patriots aren't really battling anybody. They're not fighting anybody for front office positions. How many prospective front office personnel are out there? you got Trey Brown from Cincy we've talked about. You've got Borgonzi. You've got Dodge. You've got Agnew. You've got Hallaby. You've got Lipford. James Lipford in Houston, who's helped out Nick Casario. You've got Dave Ziegler, who's still out there. You've got John Robinson, former GM of the Titans. I just named eight people. So you likely have two openings for eight people. That's why there's no urgency. Now, on top of that, Again, you've got to think about who has a relationship with Mayo out of those eight people, Trey Brown in Cincinnati, Dave Ziegler, and John Robinson. So when you put this all together, and I know, you know, the the initial feeling is frustration and anger, but when you look at the big picture from 30,000 feet, and this is why I say we do Boston Sports Talk different here on the Nick Cattle Show. Because when you look at it from 30,000 feet, what, what the league is telling you is there are not going to be a lot of GM openings. There are a lot of GM, prospective GM applicants out there. And the Patriots are probably one of two or three teams that are going to be looking to bring people in. Adam Peters already gone Washington, as we know. That was done. So when you really start to put these pieces together, you realize that it actually makes some sense as far as saying, wait a minute, hold on. We've been in the room with Elliot Wolf. We've been in the room with Matt Groh. We've been in the room with all of these scouts. We know what we have. We think Bill Belichick went over the top, and he made decisions that hurt this football team. If he went with the scouts, if he went with the voices that were in the room, we would have been better. And we know that because we were there. And when we look around the landscape, we need somebody who is going to be aligned with our new head coach. We need somebody that walks into that office 
hand in hand with Gerard Mayo with the same vision, the same feelings. That's what we need. And there's not going to be some urgency to go outside of the operation to bring somebody in and flip the entire scouting department and front office over because these guys have done the work over the last year or so. We trust them. They're talented. They've had positions in other places like Elliot Wolf and Patrick Stewart. Those guys have had other positions high up in front offices around the league. And we know that there are certain people Gerard Mayo has talked to outside of this building that we can circle back and get once this period is over. And who the hell knows? They might still hire somebody before free agency. They might hire somebody before the draft. We don't know. We don't know who Mayo is talking to. So I get this. We want the quick fix. We want everything done right away. But remember what Robert Kraft says. He measures nine times before he cuts on the 10. So when you look at this and you start to think about Gerard Mayo's role, Mass Live on Mayo's involvement and his power, a source theorized that Mayo could have some real input when it comes to the team's personnel department. Although the new coach won't have as much power as Belichick, it appears he'll have significant say on how his team is built through the draft, free agency, and trades. That's why That's why it's crucial that you keep people in that front office that can work with Mayo. You don't want the infighting. You don't want the backstabbing. You want this whole operation aligned on how to rebuild the New England Patriots in what 2024 looks like. Mayo's talking to people outside of the building. It is plausible. This is a very plausible scenario that Mayo is just lining things up. Here's what I would say. Here's a scenario that I think makes some sense. You keep Elliot Wolf leading personnel. Because again, people that I've spoken to believe that Elliot Wolf is a superstar. They think he's damn good at what he does. You keep Elliot Wolf. You keep Matt Grow until Bill Belichick gets a job, then Grow's gone. You keep Patrick Stewart. You keep the scouts that you feel have been doing a good job and scouting talent the correct way. Meanwhile, as you're working through this offseason, don't give Jonathan Kraft a call. As I said, disastrous situation. I don't want Jonathan Kraft. I don't want ownership meddling. Let your guys, your football guys, do the football jobs. Delegate and let them roll. You get through free agency. You get through the draft. Meanwhile, Gerard Mayo has been talking to some people outside of the building. Then Mayo has a golden opportunity to truly reset the operation. You bring in Trey Brown from Cincinnati. You have Elliot Wolf run free agency, run the draft. When the draft is over, you then hire Trey Brown to come in and replace Matt Grow. And you've got Elliot Wolf. Trey Brown to go along with some other people that Gerard Mayo trusts, believes in, and have a track record in scouting talent and bringing talent into organizations. I don't think that's a terrible idea. I'm actually okay with it. If you tell me at the end of the day, this is Elliot Wolf running the show to go along with somebody like Trey Brown who gets brought in, I'm fine with it. As long as the crafts stay out of the way. Once Mayo became the head coach, we were going to have a number of people staying in New England because you want to support the new head coach with people that he trusts and that he knows and that he's worked with in the past. It's as simple as that. All right, let's get to some of you. Again, don't forget to give us that thumbs up. 
the comments, the subscriptions, they mean the world to us. Matthew Wilson, least surprising thing about the Seth Wickersham piece, Mac Jones split between Belichick and the Crafts. Yeah, there was there was some talk again. We'll get into the uh, the Seth Wickersham piece hopefully tomorrow. Kevin O'Malley, why would they roll back with basically the same band except Bill? It was a train wreck. Look, if it's a complete, if it's a complete, let's bring them all back, everything back, the entire staff, then I've got some issues. The front office stuff, we just broke it down. I think it makes some sense. Mike N says, sounds like Jonathan is overseeing the personnel department. Very broad capacity. We'll see. We'll see. I mean, you, you expect owners and ownership to oversee things. My issue is if Jonathan Kraft is making the final call, if he's in there making decisions on who's getting drafted third, that's a nightmare. He can oversee the operation, but put somebody in power and let them roll with that power. Derek Rosado says, Burt Breer said the ownership is empowering May to make the OC call. Yes, that's been written over the last couple of days and said, we'll get into the offensive coordinator stuff uh, at some point this week as well. A lot of things to cover. A lot of things to cover. Matt says, I hope that Elliot Wolf has the most say. I think he's most qualified in-house. I agree with you, Matt. He's experienced in free agency. He's experienced in the draft. He has a big network across the league. Everybody that I know that has run into him, that knows about him, says that Elliot Wolf is a stud. Gonzo Duke says, the lawyer scares me more. Yeah, I mean, the, the Robin Glazer mystery human. <laughs> That, that might be running free agency. That's a little scary. That's a little scary. Matthew Zabin says, defense, top five defense, offense about to get a lot of focus. Draft Alt, about Joe Alt from my Notre Dame fighting Irish. JN jumps in. This is bull crap. It's kind of bull crap I expect from the Red Sox. Okay, let, let's see how it plays out. If you're talking about Elliot Wolf running the shop, eventually bringing in Trey Brown, I think it's fine. Benny's Benz. Hey, dude. Hey, dude. How you doing, dude? <laughs> Gregory Brown says Matt Grow needs to go. Yeah, not a big fan of Matt Grow. Um, again, Belichick loyalist. I think it'd be smart to, to move on from Matt Grow. But, hey, maybe he knocks this draft out of the park. Maybe. Adam Windsor, if you're getting rid of him, why wait to the draft? Again, because the front office has worked the last year putting this offseason together. And so you want to keep that cohesion through. And, again, I think most of the front office is going to stay unless Belichick takes him. I think most of the front office is going to stay because of the relationship with Gerard Mayo. Non-elite says maybe this draft will be a test run for Mayo, Grow, and Wolf. If they do well, they may promote from within. Well, I have an issue with saying it's going to be like a trial run or a test run because this is the biggest offseason the Patriots have faced in, in a long, long time. So I don't want them keeping these guys for a test run to see if they can do it. I want them keeping these guys because they've seen them the last few years. They believe they will be able to do it. And then you empower those guys to make those decisions. Mike Pyle says, I hope whoever makes a decision, they work. I think they made big mistake by not going outside. I would have had conversations with outside people. But again, if you, if you bring in somebody from the outside, it, 
It's good. Peter Jacoby, I mean, does anyone really think the scouts would have picked Strange and fine with keeping the scouts and Grell Wolf? So, again, the initial anger and stuff and frustration, I understand. But inevitably, I look at the program, and if you're telling me Elliot Wolf is running the ship, I think he's as qualified as anybody that's out there. He's been in-house. He has the relationship with the scouting department. He has a relationship with Gerard Mayo. Zero problem with Elliot Wolf being the guy. I do think Mayo inevitably brings somebody, if not a couple of people from the outside, into the program. I don't know if it happens before free agency. I don't know if it happens before the draft or after the draft. But I do think there will be somebody from the outside that Mayo brings in. Mayo is not making phone calls and having conversations with outside external candidates unless he's interested in bringing at least one person from the outside in. All right, I hope all of you enjoyed it. Don't forget... MLK day today. If there's one person I would love to go back in time and meet, it is MLK. So don't forget that. I appreciate every single one of you. Before you go, give us that thumbs up. Love the comments. Love the subscriptions. Trying to get to 1,500 subscriptions by the end of the month. We'll be back tomorrow. There's so much happening. We can talk about the offensive coordinator position. We can talk about any news that pops from now until tomorrow at 11 a.m. I don't know. But I do know we'll have a lot to talk about. Until then, be safe, be great. Enjoy your holiday if you have it off. Back tomorrow with the Nick Cattle Show. Thank you for joining us. I appreciate every single one of you.